I think kids that go through art school go through quite a bit of suffering yeah. and, and late nights at an early age. I, I agree. I wish I had more art history. I wish I had more design history. I wish uh, I had tougher teachers. I wish. Yeah. yeah. And so in my program, I did not, I went through an art program, but I didn't go through an art school necessarily. And I mean, I had kids in my program that were just, you know, they would just slack off. They didn't care. They just blew everything off. They just, there, there was this mm, one student that I, shared a, that I shared a classroom with, and this person literally just took someone else's illustration, put it in her comp, and, like, put some type over it and called it that her project. Like, I, I mean, postmodernism. My, so my, like, I think you're right. I think, like, students that went through really good art programs. It's not a guarantee, no, no, but but, but I'm going to just say from my experience, the best designers and mentors I ever had never fucking went to college. Right. And, and so that, that is a huge... because they were off learning but life, don't life you, lessons. But don't you think some of that has to do with the infancy of our industry and just the inability of colleges to be able to adapt their curriculums fast enough? I, I don't I don't know I mean I see where you're going with that but like it I think the problem is is that our industry is like pretty it there's so much there's a lot of objectivity that goes into our industry but like there's a lot of subjective shit that like intuition and taste play into that I do not think college can even pro- provide a curriculum I agree for. For sure. like I don't know that they can provide that like there's some people that are just gonna be they're going to have that intuition. They're going to have that talent. They're going to have that taste. And college is just, I don't care where it is, RISD, Yale, Stanford, for designer, doesn't matter. It's not, like, I don't necessarily, like, I don't necessarily think that's going to make them a great designer coming out of there. And, and like, the, the most influential people in my life, in my career, have not gone to college. Well, that answers one, that. That's one. No, that's one person. That's just mm-hmm. that's just my experience. I this remember. Experience. I remember. I had an art director once where I, he was like, "What do you think about this?" And he was a dribble shy and he was very, you know, Swiss. I'm like, "Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that Swiss stuff lately." He's like, "But this guy is Russian," and I cringed and walked back to my desk, and I had a hard time stomaching that comment. I do think Why? a formal education does help in learning how to talk about design and critique mm-hmm. design. Yeah. I don't, you can obviously learn that on your own and throughout your own experience, but I think it does help to at least establish a base of communication in this is how we're going to talk about it. But also at the same time, schools could improve that as well. So, so I, can you, go, go ahead. ahead. No, well, you go. go I was just going to no, say, you go. I think my, the best part of my education was not, it had nothing to do with design. It had to do with Japanese culture. It had to do with the, you know, yeah. epidemics, cholera epidemics and shit like that. Like, it had nothing to do with design. It had to do with, like, the world and humans. Absolutely. Anthropology, sociology. Yeah. philosophy. Influenced me yeah, so much. absolutely. I took a critical thinking class uh, and how, basically how to argue. And that taught me more about selling design and, you know, and then ripping apart other designers' arguments for the decisions they're making than any design class I've ever taught or uh, was but, yeah, but that Max wasn't, book did okay that so me. that wasn't that wasn't uh, 
But that wasn't through the arts. Department. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, more like liberal studies. And, and, I, and for like, sure. this is this is going on liberal. Like I, I think I think college is important in a lot of ways, and I think liberal studies are important in a lot of ways. I guess when I'm like when I'm looking like let's just put on like the blinders for a minute and like like you know peripheral vision. Let's just like narrow it down to like if I was looking at a candidate who an interviewing candidate who didn't go to school but had come out of like let's say high school whatever the equivalent is um you know if they're you know had something else um and they had done a couple internships they had like had a good book they knew how to talk about their work they didn't go to college right like they had they'd had some industry experience already even if it's just one internship i interview another candidate who didn't have an internship came out of an MFA out of wherever, right? Like master's degree. They've been in school for like a shitload of time. Um, same, same like book. They talked about the work and, you know, just, just as well. I'd probably hire the one that was self-taught. Probably hire the one that went. I mean, I think that just goes back to being tenacious enough to go get what you want, though. And, but yeah, I, I yeah but and then like, and here's the point: is like, I went to college, I got a degree. Like, I don't like. I'm like, in some ways, I'm like more biased. I should be more biased to like education. going and getting an education. I think education is important. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like when it comes to like hiring the right candidate, yeah, like the drive factor of like being able yeah. to do that and like knowing what you want right out of the gate. So this kind of goes back to our last podcast um, and also piggybacking up what you're saying. I read another article um, and there's two candidates. The one had perfect GPA, you know, on, on paper, just a perfect candidate. The other, you know, has good marks, whatever that may be, you know, qualified. Uh, and for whatever reason, you know, he was a skateboarder. And this CEO of this high-end company or whatever, you know, ended up hiring the skateboarder because the skateboarder hit the pavement, hit the concrete, picked himself back up and kept trying these tricks. And he chose that punk-ass kid over the perfect GPA, whatever. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Hands down. I think there's so many other variables that I don't know. I I don't... I don't think one could say from just that amount of information. For sure. This is a generalization, yeah. but the concept I think is still there. I mean, I, I mean, but some of this, like when it comes to hiring too, like some of it is like so much of hiring and I actually haven't done that much hiring really. It, a lot of it is your gut. Like yeah. it, you look at like what a per like, nobody that I, I mean, this is weird to say this because I'm talking about, talking about you guys, right? We'll just quit. It's fine. <clears throat> it's fine. <laughs> um, but I never really like the whole, the whole, like where they went to, where, where, where they went to school, what their GPA was like, none of that ever. I didn't even, didn't even want to know about that. But you did. And two of the three other designers here went to the same university as you. Yeah, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. Like the fact that like I had a I had sort of a relationship and got to know the person. Yeah. So like that yeah. is everything. Like culture and how they would fit in, what their drive is right. is infinitely more important 
than like if they even got a degree. So, so Ben, would you rather hire a rock star or someone that you kind of know? I mean, I mean, that's kind of a vague, but yeah, I mean, I think like coming back to Jeff's thing and I think Jeff has some stuff to say right now, so yeah. I should just let him talk. But I think there's a lot more like rock star to me. Like I want to know more. Like I, I want to, I, I want to hire somebody that is hungry and they will fit in culture wise more than like where they went to school. I just don't think, I honestly just don't think that matters. Straight up from I, a hiring perspective, I don't think that matters. No, I agree with that. I don't. I don't <laughs> but think what about where they went to school. What about this awkward ass person that's a rock star that's going to make you a ton of money versus someone that's going to plug into the culture? Mm, plug into the culture every single time, because rock star who's awkward. There's so many weird like there's this like they might not be able to work with teams. They might not be able to work with a development team. They might just want to go off and do their own fucking thing, and they turn into like crybaby when like the project doesn't go in that direction or they have to change their shit. Like absolutely the person who plugs into the culture every single time, Jeff. And then, yeah, I I don't know. It's hard. I haven't, I mean, I have, I have theory, but I haven't been able to put much practice into theory because I haven't been solely responsible for hiring. You know, I, I think I had some input on some hiring things, but uh, I don't know. I mean, if I had to think about it, and this is just the way my mind works, I'd probably make a list of qualities that I think are important for a hiring candidate, and then I would prioritize them. And because that's how I work, you know, I would probably make a spreadsheet <laughs> because that's just how my mind works. And I think I don't know if it's like I, I don't know. It, it gets really dicey, but um, I'm I'm not like one. I don't think, and this is like personality and subjective of course but i don't think it would be hard for me to hire on gut alone i would need something even if the numbers are kind of bullshit to at least like wrap my head around you know what the what the candidate's strengths and weaknesses are i think the design test helps a lot I, with that i don't i don't think you're wrong about that i guess i will say that um well, I, I mean, I guess I will say like not in the design team, but we've had hires in the past that have checked all the perfect boxes of pros versus cons, and they just they weren't a good culture fit. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you never really know until they start working, and it could no. And, and but I think that's where I guess that's where I come back to, and this is gonna this is a whole other. We could go on a hiring tangent because I actually have like some really like interesting not perspectives from my own like just things i've learned recently that i think are really really cool um but when it comes to like when it comes to hiring i think the pros and cons of like what they have and don't have are important but i think at the end of the day the one thing in my mind that has always stuck out is like are they a good culture fit will they be able to plug in well you know and if they can't plug in well, no matter how good they are, you're never going to be able to, to wrap an entire team to, to, to fit with that one person. That's true. Yeah. Like you can't, like it's, in, I literally think it's impossible to like, you have an environment, right? Set up and there's this one outstanding candidate on everything from like a very analytical sort of like pro side. But the one thing is like, they're kind of awkward they have some little quirks that like you're a little worried about, but that's like the only con they have. But that con 
will blow the whole thing up. And like, it's exactly how, like from my perspective of like friends at places like Airbnb, like that's their whole thing. It's like, they don't like most, the most important questions at places like that are all culture questions. It's not about like how good they are or you, where they went, where they went to school. Do you think that sets you up to just hire the same kind of designers or developers or people? Three guys from Michigan. I think that's a valid critique. I think that's, I think that is a valid critique. Uh, yes. And, and part of that honestly is because like we've been so small and this is actually segueing into like something that I've been stewing on a little bit through friends in the industry who have wor- who work at bigger companies about like how to properly do interview loops so that we're putting things in check of like making sure that like we're not our biases aren't like carrying all the way through like mm-hmm. people actually having one-on-ones and there's like a whole spreadsheet of things that you answer after you've had your one-on-one with the candidate that each individual person fills out that spreadsheet mm-hmm. and and not everything is about culture right there's plenty of other there's plenty of other questions there um but at the end of the day like uh when it comes to teams, if we're talking like very like general, when it comes to teams and like working together, if you have somebody who just wants to be a rock star and just do their thing, you're never gonna you're never gonna be able to wrap that around into a good team environment. Like I just don't see how that that works unless the entire team environment caters to that one person. But I think that's that introduces also the other problems. Yeah, that's, I think that just harkens back to just. Uh, like companionship and like relying on people as a team like it's it's nice to have rock stars that are good at certain things but if they can't work well together then you're not really a team you're just one person with supporting roles but i also think there's something to be said that you you do need to build a team where there are people good enough to accomplish things because there are certain things that certain designers and certain developers just can't do. And if yeah. you don't have someone who is experienced enough or has the know-how and capability to do something or to solve something or to create something that is needed, and you just have a team of people who are really good at hanging out and getting along together, then what do you do Like when you don't have... Yeah. No, I, th- I think, I think that I'm not saying that there's no room for a rock star. It's just does the rock star have a chip on his shoulder? Well, I, I, I don't know if rock star is the right term because I feel like that kind of implies sort of an aggressively outgoing and conflicting personality. But um, I know a couple of rock stars that are pretty humble people, but like literal rock stars. But yeah, I know, but I, I'm just saying. Like, I think that that term "rockstar" has some it like, has baggage. Yeah it, yeah, it does have baggage. Like in some some yeah. perceived notions. Yeah, that come it has it. like the ego thing. Yeah, going absolutely, on. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, like, where the priorities lie between building a team that is capable and sometimes has personality disputes versus a team that. So just not, not, as a side oh, note, I need. I have a thing I want to share with you guys on our documents after this that is pretty relevant actually um, are we in yeah. trouble no 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 it's a good I, thing i'm already i might know what you're talking about Maybe. anyway so, yeah side note so to be vulnerable for our audience our small little audience how do we work do we have a rock star are we a team how do we work like let's can we reveal any any bit of our process 
I think it's pretty project dependent, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just mean like teamwork, like well, I don't know. Well, like there's there's been coming from personal experience, like there's been a couple of projects where we've been on, but it's been more of like we're both doing our own solo thing mm-hmm. and trying to harken back to like something that's like all right, how how do we present this as individual concepts that we can drive through? Whereas I worked with Jeff on something two projects or more and it's just like we're doing stuff together mm-hmm. you know like i'm building off his assets he's building off mine mm-hmm. so it, it, it i think it's really project dependent but there's got to be a theme like i don't f- so well yeah in my opinion i don't think any of us are rock stars and the success that we have is because of the team yeah yeah i agree with that we no one is supporting anyone to like champion one you know like mvp like we are literally like just doing this together and so it is project based because we had a client asking you know we need two visual directions mm-hmm. so that's what we did we had yeah. two people right. on the job and we delivered two visual directions um and in the collaboration work, I mean, it's there's two people on it, but you're working on it together. Yeah. But the the end goal is one visual cohesive direction. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't I, I want to stray away from the, the term rock star, but yeah. in order for Ben to start this company, he had to have a reputation. Totally. I mean, would you have worked here if you'd never heard of Ben or seen his work? Uh. I think I may have talked about this before, but I found Ben's... Uh, er- Eric started at Rally for Brian, and then Brian quit. That's not true. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. That is not true. I'm just giving you shit, man. I, I, saw, I saw Ben Klein's dribble posts, and I was like, this guy's in Salt Lake City? Like, Who the fuck is this guy? I have to work with him. And then for six months, I got beers with him. And you're like, please hire me. Please, God. Please, thank you. Save my life, please. Um, just... Putting this in the podcast in case I haven't done it before. I think I have, but uh, Wes is... Wes is the... Yeah. I am a figurehead. Wes is Rally. We all agree. I know. I know you guys all agree because you know. <laughs> We're not arguing. But You're not wrong. There is, there is yeah, like... Just throw that in there. Yeah. But would... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. But still, your visual direction, like you... You gave him everything he needed to play with, and he ran with it, right? Like, it's just like that. It just goes back to what we're saying is you two, before you had a team, you guys were the team. Like, yeah, right. The right. reputation of, of Rally, whether right. it was through Ben or Wes or and, what and, they did. And the one thing I can say about our relationship um, back then when it was just us um, was that there was give and take from the very beginning. Mm. So, like as the designer working with the lead developer, I was actually open to his critiques and actually making changes. Like speaking very specifically on some of our early work, like on the parks project, I worked with three, four, actually Tyler was also for a little while, for a couple of weeks, he was a developer. So it was basically Val, which is just fiance mm-hmm. who did fantastic job on the illustrations, of the park stamps, and it was me as a designer, as a UI designer, and um, and Megan helping out in UX and architecture. And we received feedback from four devs. 
and we had to because in that moment the the but if the engineering team is they're the ones that are putting shit together and they're going to poke holes through it very quickly mm-hmm. when they're putting shit together um and i guess all i'm saying is that like i think that applies i would hope that still applies to this day like even amongst us as a team there's give and take right mm-hmm. like and whether um, that's from your design team or the engineering yeah exactly exactly because I, I think you need that like a team needs the give and take like yeah. yeah earlier today when we were doing this like there was a lot of give and take where we were like poking holes in things and yeah. like you know ben's pointing at a whiteboard with yeah. some oh, really sorry. awesome sketches oh, and, and i think it was like tuesday or thursday <laughs> um i saw that adam adam wasn't even on the project that we we're working on but i saw he was the only available developer or rather the only available individual and i, st- I started running some stuff by him he's like I see what you're going for, but like I don't think it's like the most pragmatic decision that you can make, and from a development standpoint. So I thought I thought that was extremely valuable. Yeah, I will say that like just I'm gonna be really stupid and generalize right now, but I'd say like engineers and developers are like it's f- it's funny to think about designers as being like the problem solvers. Mm-hmm. I actually think we're just like designers are just the people that um absorb feedback and try to like execute but in some ways when it comes to like pragmatic and simple a lot of times i've met a a ton of engineers and developers that i feel like like they're not designers by title but like their ability to like distill problems to very simple solution is very good Mm. like better than most designers so then the question is like like as a designer you're solving a problem at the same time like i've met more pragmatic developers and engineers and like these people are able to distill things very simplistically which is what we're supposed to be able to do yeah i think we do we do (laughs) what was that what was that (laughs) one more time scooby-doo but it's also i think a, a really um sound reason for why designers visual designers need to know a little bit about code i mean and and to go even further i would say it's a sound reason for um designers to like be working with developers and engineers like if you're designing in a vacuum like like and and like and this is like you could say this so well if you're designing a vacuum as a sole individual like you're gonna make some bad decisions Mm -hmm. and you're gonna back those bad decisions up with like your own like justifications justifications and biases and whatever mm-hmm. um but there's nothing like a developer engineer to come and look at your stuff and humble, be like humble slap oh yeah just slap you over the top of the head yeah. and be like you're a fucking idiot but so i think that's actually changing in the industry i think big teams are you know merging there's there's more osmosis happening i'd, I'd like to believe that i don't think it's i don't think it's a unique thing for small studios anymore i think big teams are talking more one would no. hope. They're not doing red lines anymore. <laughs> By the way, I'm almost thinking like from now on, we should not even like title our podcast episodes. It's just like episode 22. Well, this one, <laughs> this is like this one, this one has definitely. This is, this is truly have... banter. I think it started out as being like talking about like dribble, dribble. Well, and we didn't even get if, on that. If someone much. could execute what their book shows on like an actual problem. Well, okay, and that and that all started from last week's episode of me kind of bringing up the fact that like a lot of young 
younger people on stuff like Dribble that are really talented and they have a lot they have a lot of following you know people enjoy their visuals and um even some of their ux decision making is like i'll look at some of these these people's portfolios and this is just me talking so i'm just an asshole um i'll look at them and i'm like this is gorgeous work like there's some interesting things in here but it's also like what was this for your entire book, all of these things, what was what was this for? Yeah. Did you make these up as like problems, or these were these like projects that failed, and so you're just dribbling? Because we at Rally, for sure, had concepts that have failed, but they were for real projects. We can't publicly post what they were for, but we sort of just glaze over it, right? Like mm-hmm. so, they'll look like fake projects, but nothing. I don't think very many things are completely fake. Besides this. Oh, podcast. podcast, yeah, website. So, yeah. That is yeah. not a real thing. Yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think some of it's just kind of changing a little bit with the times because um, when, you know, I was getting started in design, even just to show your work, you had to build a site or something. Mm-hmm. That's right. You had to build your own site back then. Yeah. And now all you need to do is send your dribble link. And get I, a don't, job. I, I mean, I don't think that's like the only qualifier. I think it's a nice start but a lot of companies want to see more detailed like it's true more detailed stuff behind like the decisions you made and people like screenshotting their notebook but that really doesn't tell me shit personally it's night but it's nice to see like i this is another little rant rant away but i think um we're talking about interviewing etc I think the only thing we should ask a potential candidate is bring your notebook. And then we go through their notebook and we pick their brain about whatever sketches and incomplete work. And Then I wouldn't. Pretty interesting. I wouldn't have a job here <laughs> because I, I put stuff in my notebook, but it's pretty indecipherable. Well, but but I think that's okay. I mean, like, I'm just going to riff on Eric's thing. Like, I, I, mean, I don't know if that's the only thing, but I think it's okay that if your notebook is, like, crazy chicken scratch, so is mine. But if you could look back on that and, like, remember, oh, yeah, I was thinking about this, this, and this, and here's why I was thinking about this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. That says so much yeah. about how you're thinking through something. <laughs> I basically just pull keywords from Jess's notes. I'm like, focus on this. But I mean, most of my sketchbook is just words. It's just me taking notes. There's no sketching. It's just literally taking notes and like processing through things. Yeah. I like to sketch a lot in my my notebook. It's not like obviously like figure drawing or anything, but right. Right. I would say that Jeff has the, the most. I agree. Yeah. I'm offended. (laughs) Sorry, buddy. (laughs) I see you. I see you drawing quite a bit in your book. I'm looking. I'm looking at. I've seen Jeff's more. The other side of the room with whiteboards and like, I'm looking at one side of the oh, room with whiteboards. Whatever. <laughs> it's like. Oh yeah, we got, that we got Jeff. Jeff is working on UMAP, working through problems, and it's like everything is all very clean and uppercase, and like some nice little, very clean uppercase like. You know, <laughs> drawings, boxes, and text, and I'm looking over to the other side. And so the difference Some of it is, looks like a 
over here the difference uh, is example b some of it looks like it was written by a second grader the difference, <laughs> the, the difference is on the other side there's good ideas on that side and bad ideas Woo! on this side oh, but no one knows what side yeah, you're pointing yeah. <laughs> that's true well that's i mean true. a lot of stuff got um we had to convince each other of a lot of stuff today we, that, is, that is true that was a good so on argument one, on one side there's one designer very nice and tidy mm-hmm, and on the other mm-hmm, side there's mm-hmm. three and you there's can chaos. Designers you can actually see all, all the thinking behind channels that's that's uh, going into the app shortly here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You actually you can look at the, the the comps right now, and it's all it matches these sketches pretty closely. Yeah. I mean, we're loose over here, though. We're like loose. <laughs> we're creative. We're brainstorming. There's not this dictatorship. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> I mean, they both look good, and the, and then they, you know, it's all gonna be good. Both things. But it's interesting to see a contrast is, of like, like different designers and sketchbooks and like the way you start to process stuff. Because at the end of the day, when you see like the final comps of everybody that works here, and and that's one thing. It's pretty interesting. Not to get too personal, but why I love Jeff Crow, thanks, is, Eric. Is because we are polar opposites, but we can work very very harm uh, harmoniously. Yeah, yeah. How are we opposite? Uh, Look at it. look at that whiteboard and look at your whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exhibit A. <laughs> that's like all that's like all the all the all the firepower you need on that. <laughs> right there. I the one thing I keep looking at. Did you do those drawings, Eric? Well, the the shoe bread loaf is bent. Okay, that's a Cortez. <laughs> that's based on Jim's. That's how Jim I describe Bin- all of Ben's shoes. Jim fucking loaves Cor- of bread. Cortezes look like loaves of bread. So I put little like like uh, little grill marks. Yeah, grill Ooh. marks. Yum. Uh, but I'm looking. Is this an action sheet? It says yesterday, old, older. No, that's no. not an action sheet yeah. at all. <laughs> I just like the idea that's of so opening it. Like it's a, not a rounded rectangle inside. You know what? You know what's really great about having the whiteboard over here that's a little more <laughs> indecipherable, but the people that were on it understand what's going on. Because I can still look at this and actually know what's going on. Yeah. Is that somebody could walk in? I'm just saying pros and cons, right? Like right. yours is beautiful. It's like well thought out, laid out, and um, and that's mostly a pro in almost every single use case I can think of. Um, except if somebody wants to come in and steal the ideas, they'll have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Security. <laughs> this is like, this is super secure on this. <laughs> Security through obscurity. <laughs> Exactly, Black security magic. through obscurity. I love it. Um, I, I do have to say, I, I have a list here, and it says channel use cases nightlife, Pokemon Go, traffic, <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I think that's funny. I don't know. I guess I just have a weird sense of humor. I like it. Yeah. Security through obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a yeah. real thing. Yeah, but it's it is funny to think about this because like I, I look back on the notes over here that are like chaos, and I look at it and like I like Jim said like I we we went through some shit to get to where we got, but like the actual drawings are not very good. But I I don't think the three of us actually. I think we all know what I mean. Everything is. I think we have a very clear course of action our next week, and we're all kind of on the same page. Process can be messy. Now I know why your hands are all covered in like dry erase stuff. It was like (laughs) war zone, dry erase, dry erase war zone. Yeah. Um, Why are we opposite? Because I'm a little. I think I. I feel. I believe 
please mm-hmm. disagree with me. Um, from the outside view or whatever, I think uh, I'm I'm a little rough around the edges, <laughs> and you're a little bit more buttoned up. I could be more buttoned up. But I am wearing a. You button are up. literally wearing <laughs> <more laughs> buttoned up right, right now. now. <laughs> but I don't think Eric's wearing a free T-shirt we got from the person who supplies our coffee. So I'm also <laughs> a firm. It's good though. Yeah, it's, it's, really the, good. it's the best coffee. And I've ever had in the world. Well, I think it's, it's better would, than SF. Better I would than agree. New York, better I agree. than everything. I've had all of that fancy ass bullshit. <laughs> Blue Copper from Salt Lake City, Dude, Utah. Fucking SF. They Got love the to rave about their coffee, but like I will say, the Blue Copper beans. The the so coffee good. scene so good. The coffee scene in Salt Lake City. It's good. The, the, it's good. the worst part about traveling is other people's coffee. <laughs> fucking sight glass and four barrel. Going back to the Midwest, blue, bo- blue bottle. Even, when you were on, when you were in Maine, you're like your biggest complaint when you came back. You're like, yeah, we had fucking terrible. There. <laughs> Don't tell my relatives. I mean, I, 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 I do think like our office is like I feel like I'm the least snobby person in this office. With well, out of their design team when it comes to coffee, somewhere between you two. I, I don't snobby. know. I like I like shitty diner coffee too. Mm, but you like it, is it is it do you like it for the nostalgic reasons maybe maybe i mean it's part of the experience yeah, yeah. that's true i mean I one one like uh car road trips i really love gas station coffee yeah, yeah. It's, it's true like, it's disgusting it is comes back to that conversation but that's, we that's nostalgia about. that's not like yeah. that's that's not like uh it's like just enduring this the suffer you know <laughs> the suffer of the road drinking trip. a really <laughs> shitty coffee makes we'll make you a better designer yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> i like it i like it so why do we have some of the best coffee in the office then back no, to just back going, to your earlier question keep going, keep going. Uh, there's the there's that there's I mean, that formula one movie i think it's just called one is it with uh i know what you're talking about it's Su- with Steven thor Seagal. it's with yes yeah, with thor it's with thor <laughs> so the, <laughs> that movie there's uh two personalities <laughs> and the one is buttoned up jeff crowl and the other's a little bit more loose and i just thought i thought about you the entire movie so you think i'm gonna get in a crash and like i'm pretty sure i was the one that died and you were the narrator he Wait, never, who's he never died though who's he nicky lauda did he die i'm pretty oh, i yeah, thought the did, loose guy yeah. died oh yeah the loose guy did die Jeff. All right. <laughs> what? Where are we going with this? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Which Where did we go with this episode? Uh, it's just Friday Night Chit Chat. We should just sit, we just, just call this one. episode number whatever. Do you think we're the same? Because you asked no. me. No. no. I think we're different, but we have similarities. We do. What are our similarities? Uh, I think a lot of stuff we like. What? Like design. What? <laughs> Simple. Modern. Hmm. Swiss? Yeah. Massimo? Sure. Yeah. Beirut? Yeah. I mean, how, how, how often do we geek out about Michael Beirut? We haven't in a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> kind of going through a dry spell. <laughs> I hope he, uh, uh, he's not listening, but you know. He might. Nah, he's That'd not. That'd be cool. He's doing no, real he's things. He's not. He's not. We should send it to him. Tweet at him. Please don't. But la- last time, <laughs> so, last time no, we talked not, about Hero. <laughs> Let's Didn't you meet him? Or am I thinking? Yeah. Uh, yeah, briefly at a conference. I might have peed my pants a little. So if you Sorry, if you consider yourself a designer and you don't know who Michael Beirut is, 
You're not a designer. Just kidding. Don't he can't. He shot Transformers, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Michael Beirut. <laughs> Armageddon was sick. I didn't know who Michael Beirut is for for quite a long. It's because you're not a designer. I'm not a designer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. No, I didn't. I didn't know who Michael Beirut was for. I think until you don't, I met you, Jeff. Don't need, you don't need to know who who he is to be a good designer. That's true. That's true. I'm just being helps. a dick. It's part of design history. I'd agree. Yeah, he's, agree. A, he's a living yeah. legend for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think that's a good point though. It's like you don't have to to be a designer, but that's true. You don't need education. You don't need art history. You don't need design history. I mean, and that's where, sure I, and, and that's where I'm. It, it, it can help. Yes, but I, I, I'm gonna harken back to like I think you know gut and intuition like that is just no matter how you cut it that's not going away as part of like the um toolbox a designer has you know as in terms of how they go about their their work and their craft uh, i i refuse to believe that it's 100 percent analytical you'll never convince me of that no i don't because if it is then robots definitely are taking a lot of jobs Mm. I I don't know. I I don't think it's 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 somewhere in the middle. There's still, there's a lot of and I I completely agree with this. I'm not I'm not saying it's all intuition mm-hmm. and gut. I'm just saying like you can't. I don't think you can take that out of it ever. So it comes down to taste, and you have to have taste, but you need mentors to refine your taste. And and this is something that's very interesting. And I I, I don't think. Um, <clears throat> I don't think Charlie is going to mind if I call him out right now. Charlie works at Facebook on VR. Uh, design love, mani- design manager. We, we love, love you. you, Charlie Sutton. But I remember years ago when he was working at Nokia and Rally was working at Nokia on a project, um, Charlie and I got into this discussion about, uh, about taste. And are you born with it or can you learn it? I think you're – we've all talked about this. I think you're born with it. I don't think but so. to refine that taste, you need help. And and so, <clears throat> so you and think- so I I'm I'm a little bit in Jeff's camp with this because Charlie is is definitely at least at the time maybe he's changed his mind I don't know you'll have to let us know Charlie um, was very much of like it, you're you're born with it you're you're born with the taste and then you learn to like get to that level in terms of execution and, and whatnot. And I come from the camp of, I just, even when I was like in school, I had the worst taste you could possibly imagine. Oh, totally. Anybody that was like, um, <clears throat> what I thought was good in college, I actually put in the presentation at ValueCon last spring. I got some really good laughs because I literally like put shit in there that like, Actually, it was stuff that I did early on. So it was like early work that was really bad. Um, it's really, I, it's really bad. I don't even know if you guys have seen it. I should probably show it to you. Guys. Uh, you showed it to me. Did I? You showed me some of your old flashlights. Like really old from the northern yeah. days. Yeah, Klein Design. Damn. ClineDesign.com. Um, but I guess I'm coming back to. Um, I think taste is somewhat learned for sure. Yeah, I think it. I think it definitely is. I think yeah. it comes from a lot of like what you're exposed to and what your experience is with things. Yeah. Um, just yeah, everything you see, you're taken in. 
Um, and I think all of that kind of defines taste. Yeah. So, uh, what you just said, what you see is what you're putting in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm a firm believer in that. What you put in is what you put out. So if you have good taste, you consume things that are tasteful and then you export things that are tasteful. So I think you still are born with taste. Uh, that's, that's where it gets so. gray to me. And that's where you're born with taste and you need to refine it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're balancing the line with that. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily like think it's one or the other. Like I think it might be what you're saying in the middle a little yeah. bit. I'm thinking back to like some early days in college when I remember looking at work that actually like I think even today holds up relatively okay. Not amazingly. But relatively okay. I remember looking at it and thinking it was good, but I didn't know why. And then I would output stuff that was like out of like, I don't even know, like just the the worst shit you've ever seen. But that's where, that's where you need that mentorship and that refinement. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're born with that. I think you can. I, I like think it can be refined. I don't think what. I don't see what sort of survival advantage that would give <laughs> lizard brain <laughs> humans to be born with better taste, and not not to say that's you know why you're born with anything, but I think that's probably. It, this I mean, is, and we're also like trying to talk about something that like really is like a bigger discussion in terms of like nature versus nurture right. of well, like. Uh, I don't know. It also taste comes down to you know if we are just you know amoebas that have evolved to humans why do we even care about art like what who, what is that like why do we care about art expression communication it's a form of nonverbal visual communication there's so many reasons yeah so but, the, but that is but that harkens a little bit to like more than the nature like the evolution all right. right of like amoebas amoebas going to like you know, non-single, are amoebas single-celled organisms? Yes. I don't even know. Yeah, I think they are. Um, <clears throat> but like evolving to where we're at now or, you know. Yeah. So I think taste, taste goes into art, right? So taste goes into communication, emotion, etc. And I guess this is like, if we're looking at it from like a, an, an evolution versus... I don't know what the alternative... I mean, I'm evolu- like, so it is like it is nature... Not nurt, no, yeah, nurture, not nature, and taste. You aren't born with it; you learn it. Is I don't know if um, taste is so much. I, I don't know. Does is taste more? Does it affect art more, or does it affect curation more? Do sweet tooths become better designers? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> You ate an entire jar of jelly beans. <laughs> Outed. I had to. I had to throw that out there. Why? Why would that apply though? No, I, I think it's just because we're talking about taste. Taste. Oh, you're I just. Know. I see. Being facetious. It right. got serious. I was trying to lighten the mood. It didn't work very well. Let's wrap it up. <laughs>